What is up, everyone? Welcome to Dead With My Friends podcast. I am Steve. I'm Nick. And this is episode 12. And on this episode, we will be covering Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. He's there. Behind the wall. Beneath your own feet. You all tried to destroy him. In your greed, you tore everything precious from him. But Eric remembers. What if Eric didn't really die in that fire? And now... Eric will make sure you remember too. Eric Matthews is still alive. What do you mean they know? There's no escape from the horror. Nightmare at the mall. Eric the Phantom struck. Phantom of the Mall. Eric's Revenge. So, Nick, it's been a bit since we've recorded. Yeah, it has. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm happy to fucking to be sitting here doing this again, dude. Yeah, man. It's fucking awesome. What what have you been up to? We haven't we haven't seen each other. Shit's been busy. I know it's been since shit's been busy. Uh, I think the last time we hung out was like right around New Year's Eve weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you know, just a lot of sickness going around. So I've been trying to avoid that and uh, a bunch of other like life things. But but two weeks ago. I got to see our boys in Servant of Sorrow, picked up the new shirt. Nice. New EP, A Dimension of Pure Chaos. They played a lot of new songs with uh, death metal, Middletown Legends. It's a sick EP, man. I checked it out. Yeah, man. They played with uh, Necroptic Engorgement. It was uh, it was a good turnout. Again, another good turnout. I am so happy that Steve from Rock Fantasy is, is putting on these shows, and he has booked another death metal show in April, which Servant of Sorrow will be on that bill again with uh, Sick Bay, another uh, Hudson Valley death metal band. And it was a great turnout. A lot of friends uh, showed up. I went with Joe and John. Uh, my boy Jay was there. Our friend Dan, who we go to wrestling shows with, was there. Bolin? John Martini. No, come on. Let's be real. Old man uh. Dan. <laughs> Old man Dan will not go to any shows because he can't stand more than two hours because he's an old man. I literally sent him uh, this meme. It was like this thing that like attaches to your back so you could just sit anywhere. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, if I get this for you, you're inclined to go to at least three shows a year. And he's like, I'll do it. But uh, it was a great show, man. The new song sounded so sick live. Uh it was just good seeing uh, all the dudes there and uh, a lot of fun. Definitely got my two-step on a little bit. I saw the video. 
I can't wait for the next show, man. It's it's uh, I love that like more death metal shows are being booked in Middletown and I hope it continues to grow. I think it's going to for sure. And I definitely have to start coming out to more shows, man. The last show I went to was the Mind Force show and that was last year. Yeah, dude, you should really try to make this next one. It's on a Friday. It's free. It starts at seven. So, you know, I think it's in April. I'll I'll get you that exact date, but you should really try to drive up because it's the same drive for me to Middletown as it is for you. Like that's always the halfway point. Yeah, when you get that information, definitely let me know, dude. I wanna I wanna fucking definitely come out. I just gotta look at the flyer. The flyer is already out. Um, I just have to look at the exact date, but I think it's more towards like the later end of April and it's on a Friday. And it's a free show, you know? So you can't go wrong. Yeah, I get that, man. Um, so aside aside from that, man, have you watched anything good? So Dan and I saw Infinity Pool, uh, Brandon Cronenberg's new film. Um, that was okay. So I'll say this without like I don't want to get too heavy into it or spoilers. And we're not going to do any spoilers for this either. I didn't like it as much as Possessor, but I still thought it was pretty solid. There was a good amount of gore and violence. You know, it was a lot of cre- like he's Brandon's really starting to develop his own style with like the visuals and other things that he's got going on. Like he'll pay homage to his dad with a little bit of body horror while making it a bit of his own. And uh, you know, the plot the plot was interesting. I mean, I think like the message overall is what like I had to really sit and think about. And I had to have it, like, sit in for a day or two. And then, like, I was like, okay, I see. But I, I definitely think it's worth worth checking out. I am really behind the Studio Neon because they put out uh, – they did a trailer right before uh, Infinity Pool. And I can't remember the name, but Dan and I saw this trailer, and we're like, yo, that looks fucked. <laughs> and I, I'm just drawing a blank on the name right now. Let me see if I can, like, Google it neon pictures no not neon studios neon rated i think is what it is okay so the movie by um neon rated it's any's men okay when you're done like go check that trailer out it looks fucked it looks so creepy um i guess it drops next month okay and i definitely will be in theaters to check that out it was nice though because when we saw Infinity Pool, like I think there was only four people in the theater at the time of recording. Uh, it is out on video on demand. Wait, Infinity Pool or yeah, Infinity Pool? Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. They, you know, they move that shit quick, man. They make a lot of money. They don't make so much money off of physical media anymore. Maybe independent, like boutique labels for sure. Boutique labels, I guess, different different category. Because I was like. Yo, man, those uh, four flies on a gray velvet, man, that shit sold like fucking that, dude. Yeah, they're making like 2,000, 3,000 copies on that, though, man. That's yeah, true. That's like super limited. I didn't jump on it. I was like, yeah. What is that, Dario Argento? Yeah, one of his early jallos. But um, yeah, so Infinity Pool was worth, worth checking out. I, I could see it being divisive amongst people. But, uh, I, you know, for the most part, I did enjoy The acting was great. Uh, obviously, Mia Goth killed it. I hate to say it, but I think she's going to start being typecasted as the unhinged, like, lead. Uh, yeah. Because she does unhinged well, you know? How did Skarsgård do? Fine. 
dude, the acting was great. The visuals were great. The score was a little weird. Uh, at cool at, at times it was cool, and then it would get like super like intense and almost like primitive. Like these, this, the way the drums were or something. It was just like, okay, all right, very flashy, very. So if you have seizures. They they give you like a little warning in the beginning of the movie. Oh man, I, I hate that shit. At some points, it man's it gets pretty psychedelic. I also saw Skin of Marink, uh, two nights ago. I had put that off, and I was pretty excited for it. Yeah, a lot of people were. You know, like the the trailer looked like promising, and then I watched it, and it was an hour and forty minutes of fucking nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong; like the lo fi effect is cool and all. And I, it, I, you know, it taking place in like 1995, I, you know, I guess that's in a sense cool. Cause like, you know, I was born in 93. You were born in what? 93 as well, right? No, I was 92. 92. We're only a year apart. I guess from that perspective of like growing up in the nineties, cause that's, you know, it's from like a kid's perspective in a way, but ah, dude, nothing fucking happened, man. It was a lot of like, and I, it, it was recommended to watch it in the dark alone if you can or with someone that does not talk so not people like dan and joe never watch movies with them because they won't shut up or they'll call the big fucking twist before it happens like an old boy (laughs) yeah dude we were trying to know like we both just looked at each other like fuck dude dan knows knows the twist but we're like no yeah no i don't know man yeah ruined the whole fun out of the whole fucking thing yeah like barely even like as soon as he encountered the 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 female at the fucking at the restaurant he's like that's his daughter like no it's not like like, it's not his daughter dude like that like that'd be a great idea for for a twist though dan but it's 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 not and then at the end he's like yeah i knew it fucking asshole yeah he he called that shit i was was trying to fucking no sell it so hard but um, Skinnamarink was fucking lame in my personal opinion. It just w- it was just very boring, man. Not a lot happened, and like even the sound scares didn't get me. I just I was I needed to cleanse my palate after, so I threw on Blood Cult, which was one of the first movies intended for the home video market release, and that was a first time like full through watch and i felt so much better after watching that <laughs> i had to end the yeah. no- i had to end the night on a on a high note and i was like and blood cult did that for me what year is blood cult uh it's 1985 okay that's cool so fuck skinnamarink go watch blood cult <laughs> what's the name mean skinnamarink yeah what the fuck does that mean so another reason why i wanted to check out skinnamarink was because Skinnamarink is like a nursery rhyme, and it's it's one that my great grandmother would sing to my mom, who would sing it to like me and my sister growing up, to now like singing it to my niece. It just goes Skinnamarinky Dinky Dink, Skinnamarinky Do, I love you, and I what that has to do with the fucking movie is beyond me. He's like I just liked it. I like that you know, nursery rhyme when I was a child. And then it coincides with this nightmare that I had when I was a child as well, after my grandmother had sang me the song and this was my nightmare. And that's how you get the movie. Yeah, I guess so. I don't want to like sit too much on it, but wasn't it just like one day the people wake up and there's no windows and no doors on the house and their father's missing. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, It's two kids and they're just like scared as shit. And they're like their mom's, acting all fucked up and the dad just is missing 
and there's like no getting out and then there's like this voice calling to them in the dark it's just but it's it's so slow man it's so slow i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it tonight <laughs> you and kim form your own opinions about it and get back to me yeah i want to see what she thinks about it man and then go watch blood cult <laughs> where is blood cult is that on shutter Blood Cult is streaming on YouTube for free. Someone put up a VHS rip of it. It only exists through VHS. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, that's going to probably end up changing um, eventually, but... <laughs> I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's fucking move on from this, man. So, the movie that we are covering this week is Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. First time view on my behalf, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, this was a first-time view, so like Joe Bob covered it on his Valentine's Day special. But I had such a bad sinus infection that I just couldn't sit through it all, right? So the next day, I was like, fuck, I really wanted to like watch that movie. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I have the Arrow limited edition box set. And it, it was still sitting sealed on my shelf. I wish I picked that up. And I was like, you know what? It's time to fucking break the seal. I have a reason to. Let's watch it. And yeah, I watched it that Saturday and you just so happened to be watching it too. So then we were like, well, the movie we wanted to cover that we weren't able to due to like sickness, exposures and other life things. Um, why don't we save that for when we're in person? Yeah, that movie needed a fucking in person for sure, dude, because it's so fucking good. Yeah. So I was like, why don't we save that for in person and let's talk about Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. And I'm so happy we did. Me too, man. I'm very happy we did as well. Uh, I'm glad I liked it. You know, I'm glad I liked the movie. I was, I was like really into it when we, when, when I started watching it. So I'm glad, like when, when we were, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to replace the other movie with. We were both on the same page with this. Um, I didn't know that you had the LE, so it was a first time view, and it was a blind buy then, right? Yeah, I, I had known about the movie. You know, I was like, oh, shit, it's getting an Arrow LE re uh, release. All right. Yeah, fuck it. I've always wanted to check it out. And then it sat on my shelf for two years because there's just not <laughs> enough time in the day, man. I, you know, I try to get to every movie that I have, you know, on my shelf. It's just little by little I'm chipping away. Um, but, you know, we're adults and we have responsibilities and, you know, things happen. Unfortunately. What's so cool about this movie that I wanted to, like, bring up and you had mentioned you love when like movies take place in a mall oh yeah and i think that has a lot to do with our upbringing man because like you and i both grew up next to the palisades mall and the nanuet mall mm -hmm. and the crystal run gallery in middletown so we were just we we're fucking mall rats i mean i've said before mall rats is in my top 10 favorite films of all time and i know you love chopping mall i love chopping mall and i mean you also mentioned that you weren't much of a fan of Night of the Comet, but I like Night of the Comet. I think it's 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 pretty cool. It's a fun little, you know, 80s post-apocalyptic. You know, I, I think it was pretty cool. Couldn't get into it. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take real quick. Not a fan of Night of the Comet. I think Night of the Creeps does all that kind of shit better, minus, like, obviously the mall setting and, the, like, the gang posted up in the mall. Yeah, dude, who doesn't love the mall as like a setting for a fucking horror movie, man? It's 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 amazing. Or just like overall, man. We we all really connect well with it. And it's such a really good selling point if like your target audience are like teenagers. That's what Phantom of the Mall was made for. Like it was it was intended for, you know, teenagers. 
people they 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 were trying to get te- the, the teenage audience to bite. So what better way than a mall, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, it was the eighties. The mall was at its peak, and uh, a lot of people spent their time at the malls. Consumerism at its highest. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we have fond memories of the mall. You know, uh, Suncoast Video, Fye. Yeah. The Rainforest Cafe. Rest in peace. Or Sam Goody's, like like in Phantom of the Mall. Yeah. We had one of those in the in the Nanuet Mall. Rest in peace, Nanuet Mall. Yeah, dude. Now it's the shops in Nanuet, and it's kind of whack. The Nanuet Mall was fucking awesome. Is that where the Qdoba was that we ate at? Yeah. Yeah, that's the shops, man. That's the Qdoba that we were at, man. It's not there anymore. Oh, Qdoba's gone? Qdoba's gone, too. Shit. Their queso was good. That place went to hell, though, man, unfortunately. At least that location. But, um, like, the perfect setting for... For your target audience, if they're if they're teenagers, is a mall, right? Like Chopping Mall is great. Mall Rats is great. Dawn of the Dead is great. Yeah. Speaking of Dawn of the Dead, we got Ken Fourier. Yeah. In in this as well, which this has got a great cast, man. Can we talk about that? Like we've got Court from Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, Jason Lives. We got Ken Fourier, and then we've got Gregory Scott Cummins, dude fucking brother from action usa and tommy from hack lantern that's our boy man it's in the blood it's in the blood tommy the power's in the blood dude it's funny though i mean we also have jonathan goldsmith which as it turns out is the most interesting man in the world he's a dosa guy bro he is he is man i'm happy you brought that up because i just found that out like that it was the same dude right before we started recording yeah i'm looking at it and i'm like that guy looks very fucking familiar he looks very interesting too and then as it turns out he's the most interesting guy in the world we have paulie shore as well this was paulie shore's first movie there's a lot of hate for his character though buzz but i'm like why hate on paulie man dude you're a big you're a big paulie shore guy <laughs> Dude, I'm glad I'm glad you uh I'm glad you had realized it. I love Pauly Shore, dude. You really are. He's the man. He's the weasel. I love him. When we were at Monster Mania Con, anytime he was around, you're like, dude, it's Pauly Shore. It's Pauly Shore. <laughs> I was like, this guy's a fucking big Pauly Shore fan. Fucking Pauly Shore is right there. Yep. <laughs> I like Pauly Shore, dude. I like all Pauly Shore's movies. He had a really good career, dude. He was in some big fucking movies. He's kind of like not really liked now. Yeah, I don't really know why. He, I don't know. I like him. <laughs> I know you do. But um, but yeah, dude. Uh, the just the fucking cast of this movie was great, man. Morgan Fairchild as well is is in this, and she's like the mayor of um of the town. I I don't remember what else she was in. Yeah, go ask your mom about Morgan Fairchild. She'll know. I bet you she will. I bet you. I don't want to get her hyped up right now because then she'll just start batting him off. Oh, yeah, and they're watching Daytona, and they probably got a couple drinks in them. Yeah, yeah, fucking, I guess, I just discovered that before we recorded. They're like, oh, it's the Daytona 500 today. I was like, all right, cool, like, inside voices, please. I don't give a fuck about NASCAR. I don't give a fuck about cars. If a car drives from point A to point B and is good on gas, that's all I care about. Well, yeah, I always knew you you weren't a fucking car guy. That's my shit. Never, but I know it's in it's in your blood. You're a Palmer, so y'all live fast. I mean, your dad raced cars, your uncle raced cars. Yeah, everybody raced cars. I talked to one of my uncles yesterday or a couple days ago, and he was telling me that he's building another car. 
So that's pretty cool. And he was like, you can drive it if you want. Only if you throw the signature Chucky doll in. <laughs> I'll have that on my race car. I got to I got to I got to build a car, man. Yeah, the signature Chucky doll, man. Right in the fucking right right in the back. So yeah, overall, man, the fucking the cast of this movie's was uh was was fucking great. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing that. That definitely added a significant amount of points. My boy Paulie Shore's in it, so <laughs> we got to get Paulie Shore on the podcast, dude. I would fucking shit. Uh, brother, that that would be all you, man. The Weetzel. I would chime in here and there, but that would be your lead on that. Before we move on, have you ever seen Encino Man with him and Brendan Fraser and uh, Sean Astin? Dude, that is one of the best fucking 80s movies ever. You have to go see that. You have to watch it, like, immediately. Encino Man. So good. I'll watch it for Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser's in it. Um, Sean Astin's in it. Um, And Paulie Shore's in it, dude. I was I was always a big Brendan Fraser guy. Like I liked Monkey Bone, fucking you know him in the Mummy movies. Monkey Bone was good. Did you ever see Bedazzled? I have not seen Bedazzled. That's a good one. And then what's what's the other Airheads? Airheads. Oh man, Airheads, dude. You know what would have made that movie even better? What? If Pauly Shore was in it. I fucking can't with this guy and Pauly Shore today, man. <laughs> this, this is just gonna be a Pauly Shore episode. <laughs> Pauly Shore appreciation episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tag the fuck out of him. I'll get I'll get this to him. I'll get this to him somehow, dude. I even think like when we were at Monster Mania, like I was taking a video or something. You could see Pauly in the back behind me, and I'm like, oh fuck, dude. Like we were really close. I I couldn't get the courage to go talk to him though. We're at the same booth. Next time I'll talk to him, man, and I'll. Well, next time are you also gonna talk to Shannon Elizabeth? No, she intimidates me. Should have had her sign my uh, Jack Frost copy. Should have should have had her sign like your tube sock. <laughs> it's like stiff as fuck, and it's like what is what is this for? He's like, I've watched American Pie a lot. Oh fuck! Just dug this out. It's my tube sock from two thousand one. You're like third grade. You don't even have like any of that in your yeah, system yet. <laughs> Hasn't developed at all. Can't even nut. Nope. Yeah, no, I can't even, dude. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll get my courage up to to go talk to Paulie for sure, dude. Um, you were gonna say something. What the fuck were you gonna say? There's a few different cuts of this movie. Yeah, I I, I heard about that, and I I didn't know about that until you had mentioned it. There's like a subterranean cut on the Arrow video release. Let me get to that because that's 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 a thing in its own. So there is the TV cut, the theatrical cut. And there, there's the Phantom Cut. It's a combined of the theatrical and the TV cut. But then, Arrow, you sneaky bastards. And I appreciated this. On this release, if you go to the deleted scenes and you hit the right arrow on your remote, it'll unlock the subterranean cut. Oh, and it'll be a full movie? I didn't know that. I did not know that. Uh, that was... um brought to my attention back when this got released by someone in the movie selling collecting group that we're in and uh they had brought that to the attention and i i remember to screenshot it because i was like one day i'm you know when i watch this i want to know about that so pretty much that cut it's just like a little bit more violent there's not much difference and it the it's standard definition so like it, it is a bit of a rough quality 
It didn't get any form of treatment. But that's it for the subterranean cut. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that, but I was very curious about the subterranean cut. Like that 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 sounds pretty fucking cool. So, for those who are listening who haven't seen the movie, man, um before we start getting into the whole, you know, meat of this shit, you want to throw us into a plot breakdown? Sure. Do I fucking read the back? All right, you know what? Plot breakdown. I'm reading the back of the arrow box. All right? Yeah, fuck it. I'm sure they did a great job. Here we go. A year after her boyfriend Eric burns to death in a mysterious fire, Melody vows to put her traumatic past behind her, but the past isn't ready to let Melody go. When Melody and her friend get jobs at the new mall, haunting reminders and inexplicable events begin to occur. With the help of a newspaper photographer, she learns the truth about Eric and the trail of grisly murders at the mall. So yeah, essentially, new mall opens up. This dude, Eric, and his family um, lived on the property where the mall was being built but didn't want to give up their house. So um, the manager of the mall took matters into his own hands, had the family killed by a fire, an accidental fire. Eric suffered some fucking really bad burns that scarred his face, and he's just been dwelling in the basement. And he was presumed dead as well. Yeah, he was presumed dead, and he's been dwelling in the basement of the mall and using the air vents to get around to exact his revenge while protecting the love of his life. Maybe I'm just being a little too nitpicky here, but I've never heard of a mall being built in a year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's for one. How has he been surviving in the mall? Like, where was he during the whole developing of the mall? Like, has he always been hiding underneath the mall? What I'm thinking is maybe in his original house, he had that, like underground passageway and they just built over it and he was just dwelling down there working on his martial arts pumping iron and just fucking surviving low-key and then the mall gets built and he's like all right i'm gonna go explore and uh i'm just gonna find a way to get my revenge and oh my girlfriend happens to be working here he's got like these surveillance skills so his whole little you know fucking area in the basement of the mall he's got surveillance cameras he's got like all like state-of-the-art couches and fucking lights and just like all this shit that he's like stolen from all these other stores throughout the mall i thought that that was pretty fucking funny when like you were saying he uh just over that time he's just developing his skills like for one that he knows kung fu and fighting and self-defense and he knows how to use a, a, a wide array of of weapons yeah. And you know what? It was funny, dude, is like to tie into like his lair. I get the vibes of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like hideout. Yeah. And, you know, him, him, him fucking practicing martial arts with the bow staff like Donatello. Yes. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. This is like totally fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes, which real quick, man, fucking Eric, dude, looks just like terry bogard from fatal fury which was a japanese fighting game if you look up terry bogard like just just google it like right now real quick if you can yeah i'm gonna terry bogard fatal fury tell me that don't look like eric yeah no i could see it a little bit yeah yeah with the jacket and the fucking hands with the with with the with the cutoff gloves the ponytail if this dude's hair wasn't blonde and it was brown i'd say it's pretty uncanny yeah as soon as i saw that i was like dude he looks like fucking terry bogard points for that so i mean first time view what did you think of the movie overall man 
Did you like it? Overall, I fucking thought this was a fun watch. Again, I love the whole martial arts aspect while still having the like the phantom of the opera but it's the mall vibe so like he gets the mask from the sears mannequin and that looks cool i dig i dig like the the sears mannequin mask covering his face yeah i do too i love that like he just fucking gets a crossbow and he's he's automatically good with it and uh like you know the deaths the deaths are fun i mean fucking brother is like forklift certified he gets the pervy fucking <laughs> security uh dude who's spying on the women in the the changing room and like fucking kills him with the fucking forklift into like the power generator which makes his the sec- mall security guards eyes like explode and then lands into the frozen yogurt which an eye for an eye an eye for an eye yeah and fucking that would come back later but dude this was a fun one i had a good time yeah, I was a big fan of the kills, man. Um, so Eric, man, the 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 thing that I keep on going back to is like that one quote from The Dark Knight, where you can either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That Harvey Dent says. Do you remember that? Yep. That's exactly what happened to fucking Eric, man. Yeah, man. He he went through so much lengths to like not only get revenge, but watch out for Melody and uh, you know leave her gifts and it's so sad because like this kid had it all he was a good looking kid athletic as hell he was like a gymnast and uh you know they were in love it got all taken away from him and for him to just be so close to her but yet can't really do anything because he's like scared of her reaction which at first you know when they when he does like bring her down to his lair like you expect her to freak out and she doesn't She's like, oh, Eric. You also kind of expected a little bit more hesitation when it came to, like, the initial reveal. My biggest gripe with the movie is that, like, just from the fucking jump, dude, like, you know that it's Eric who's the killer. I think that it would have been better if there was a bit more of suspense in that aspect. Maybe kind of throwing it off and making you think that it was, like, the reporter who could have been committing the killings, doing that kind of shit. Or even my boy Pauly could have been doing some of the killings. And then, you know, throw you off at the end um, or not throw you off at the end and then give you the reveal at the end, you know, kind of make it a little bit more dramatic because he just like whips his mask off. Like there's like no hesitation. And then it's just like, yeah, this is my face. His voice has changed now and everything. The, the title of the movie, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. The marketing was they, they wanted sequels out of this. They wanted to turn this out for a quick par- profit and just churn out some sequels. So there was like just no surprise. Like it was already. Yeah. Franchise it. Yeah. There was already given to you. Now to touch on your fucking. The voice. That was a choice man. When they. When it when he was like speaking in that fucking like. Dark echo. I was. I fucking couldn't hold it together. I thought that shit was so silly. Kim couldn't either. She thought it was the silliest shit too. I watched it. I watched it yesterday with her and she wasn't really even watching it. She was just kind of loosely watching it and doing her own thing. And then as soon as she heard the voice change, she started fucking laughing, dude. Dude, the voice reminded me of the Shockmaster, which is one of the biggest botch debuts in wrestling history. I want you to just watch the Shockmaster clip. It's like maybe a minute. Okay. Right now. And tell me that does not sound like Eric. Shut up, I'm gonna let Sting tell the people who's the secret partner 
This is fucking horrible. This is just like mindless shouting back and forth. The world because he is none other than the Shaq Wait for the voice. He's got a stormtrooper fucking helmet on. Yeah, <laughs> with glitter. So you're the man that rules the world. Oh, God. They call me <laughs> the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world. Does that not sound Come similar on, to Eric's fucking... Get ready. It does. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. Who did this turn out to I'm be? Ready. Uh, I think it was this wrestler called... I want to say maybe it was Tugboat. I could be wrong, but um, he it went nowhere. It literally was like besides the floor when he fucking he fell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not supposed to happen. And then like, yo, you can hear Ric Flair going, "Oh God!" And Ric Flair's just trying to hold back his laugh. And like, it's funny because like Sid Vicious is playing it dead serious, and like Sting's trying to hype him up. And you, got I don't the care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah, so Eric sh- sounds like the Shockmaster. And I just wanted to touch up on that and have you see that because it was too good. It's a good comparison for sure. <laughs> um, So, yeah, he, he like, developed, like, Eric developed, like, a significant amount of skills, though, like, within that year of everything happening. Crossbow skills, kung fu skills surveillance skills being one of them video editing skills with the song their their love song and he like edits a video for him to watch yeah and it's like very creepy because it's just like voyeuristic shots of uh, melody like walking throughout the mall it's fucking creepy yeah and then like he he saves her from parking lot rapist assaulter and he shoots the person with a crossbow and then we find out that it's the pianist the mall pianist i didn't know that was a thing that was a random fucking scene though dude like she had just got she just got out of work right she had just gotten out of work she goes and she hops in her car i think that this movie like takes place on like like a week within like a week's time frame right wouldn't you say just about a week i think it's like literally three days is it like the mall has like a light opening when all the fucking stores are opening whatnot you know her and her best friend end up getting a job at a restaurant at the mall. Paulie works at the mall. He works at he works at an ice cream shop. And then, you know, at, at, at a certain point in time, we meet um, one of our other main characters. What's his name? Peter? Honestly, I don't remember. The, the photographer or whatever? The news reporter? Yeah, I can't remember his name. We meet the photographer uh, who's, you know, our uh, another one of our main characters. In my mind, it was like a week time frame that this had all happened up until like the official launch the official opening of the mall, which like we kind of get at the end. Um, that's like what it leads up to. You know, she's working a couple of days at the restaurant and then she goes into her car. And when she ends up getting inside the car, she finds that there's uh, there's like flowers that were left for her. And I believe an outfit 
that she has that she mentions at a point earlier on in the movie that she wanted to buy but she didn't have enough money for but eric is like compiling all this shit that he knows that she wants and he's you know stealing it for her from from all the department stores and then just giving him to her giving shit giving her shit throughout the movie but yeah so She's in the car, finds her flowers. I think the tape even goes on with their song, if I'm not correct. I could be wrong. My memory could be fucking deceiving me at this point. So she tries to leave. The car doesn't start. She gets out and she goes and, and she tries to, uh, to, to see what the problem is, opens up the hood, and then she gets attacked, right, by this fucking guy in a ski mask. And Eric comes out of nowhere, and what happens? He fucking rambos that motherfucker with the crossbow, but doesn't kill him. No, he gets him in the shoulder. The assailant goes off, and that's where we get the reveal that the parking lot assailant is the mall pianist, which, again, I did not know was a thing. But it's great because, like, the reveal, he's in the shitter, and he takes off his jacket, and he's got, like, the bloody wound. It's like, dude, why? In that span of time, wouldn't you have gone patch that shit up, got, like, a change, clothes, something? Even Joe Bob, even Joe Bob had said it, dude. He was like, he was like, man, I give that guy some credit, you know, like he gets shot in the fucking shoulder and then he goes to right to work the next day and doesn't even call out. And all he is is a mall pianist. Yeah, it's a lot of dedication. But um, the reveal of of like who the assailant is, is so good, though, because he's on the shitter, the mall pianist. And then when he takes his coat off, he's got like all the blood and shit and he sits on the shitter and then out of the shitter comes a fucking king cobra that eric must have been training and bites him right on the dick and kills him and what a what a way uh to get his comeuppance yeah that guy deserved it um i i where'd he get a cobra from (laughs) where'd he get that fucking snake from the the the, the pet shop the pet shop in the mall they get they sell cobras there (laughs) i mean i don't know man Lots of questions, man. Lot, lot, lots of questions. I just, I just roll with it. I'm like, fuck it, man. I don't need to think too hard about it. Yeah, you got to suspend your disbelief to a degree, you know. Otherwise, you're not gonna enjoy any fucking movie. To circle back to the the assailant and stuff, um, I, I thought that that was a pretty good kill, man. The 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 kills were pretty good in this movie. Yeah, there was one kill though that I think could have been a lot better. Like I was hoping, like it it started going where I wanted it to go. It was um it was Jonathan Goldsmith's son, Court. His kill was pretty fucking good. His character was pretty interesting too. And also how Eric decides to lure him in is pretty funny as well. Yeah, I uh to go to go to Court's character. I like how he's having a little mall skate sesh, and uh, you know we we were Zoomies kids, you know, because we used to skate back in the day, so. Court's having this little fucking skate sesh, and then fucking uh, Eric, like, shoots, like, some rope thing that gets him caught into the escalator, and our boy Brody from Mallrats warned us about them damn escalators, and what happens? Court gets caught in the escalator and fucking gets pretty much, like, what, like, it, like, causes him to, like, break his neck or some shit, or, like... Yeah, it's like strangles him, but that's the one kill that I thought that they could have did a lot more with. Like they should have had him get sucked into the elevator. That would have been so sick. Like fucking Brody, man, that kid is back on the escalator again. Let it go. Yeah, dude. And the minute I saw that, I was like, "Yo, fucking Brody from Mallrats tried to warn us." Dude, he tried to warn everybody, man. I think though that that kill could have been a lot better. It was cool, but it could have been a lot better if if it had sucked him in. Shoot him up, made it really horrific instead of just hanging him. 
I hear you. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, besides that, there are, like, you know, some more of cool kills. Uh, we didn't uh, really touch upon this, but it's revealed that the mall GM, and maybe we briefly mentioned it, but the mall GM is responsible for Eric's parents' death and, like, setting Eric's house on fire and all that. But he had a hired gun, and that's where brother from U- Action USA... Tommy from Hack Lantern, Gregory Scott Cummins comes in because he was like the hired gun. And he then poses as a small security because the the mall GM calls him in. He's like, yo, I got shit going on. I think it might be related to, you know, the job you had done a year ago. Because what's funny about the mall GM is like at one point he finds a severed head on his coat rack and literally no sells it. This dude no sells everything. <laughs> like a body yeah. <laughs> falls on his desk. Like one of the what is it the the security guards or electricians that's fixing the fan, which that was a cool kill. Yeah, in the beginning, the, the the face into the fan and then seeing it after. Yeah, that was sick. But dude, the fucking mall GM just no sells. And he's like, uh, but immediately he's like, yo, I gotta. So someone knows I gotta fucking call that hired gun. What I what I love is like fucking brother won't won't take off his earring. That it made him very, um, very recognizable. <laughs> and I like how he's like, you got to remove that. He's like, over my dead body. Yeah, and he's like, it might be best if you take it off. He goes to grab it or some shit, and he's like, he's like, over my dead body. I loved it. He's like, I'll never take it off. Loved it. Loved it. I loved- Because Melody makes a reference to it, and she says, she says something along the lines of, she's like, yeah, I feel like it was some kind of religious emblem of, or something like that. But it was just like a dangly fucking earring with like some kind of like saint on it or something. But what is it like his fucking protection or something? And I don't know. He's like superstitious, this fucking know. guy. But I, I think it looks badass. And um, another cool moment um, with with uh, Gregory Scott Cummins is... Uh, you know, he, he, he tries to put the hit on Melody and, and the, the reporter, but they get away. And when they do, it's funny because it's so Action USA. Like, they have a mall chase in the parking garage, and, of course, the car explodes. And I'm like, there's your Action USA right there. Yeah, thank God the fucking car exploded, dude. Like, that was like that was another thing that I liked. There was a lot of fire in this movie, man. A lot of fire. And you know that I love fire in movies, dude. I know, you fucking pyromaniac. I'm a fucking pyromaniac, dude. The fucking house, uh, Eric's house gets caught on fire. There's a fucking car car chase scene, dude. The car ends up flipping, getting caught on fire. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm really into this as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, just like even at the end, there was fire. There was a lot of fire at the end, too. Yeah. And you know what's cool, though, too, is uh, getting back to like what I was saying about Gregory Scott Cummins is at one point, um, Melody, she's working her restaurant job, and she looks over, and there's Gregory Scott Cummins fucking just smoking a cigarette, staring her down. And, like, the music cue and the way it's shot, it's just, he looks so fucking cool. He had, like, the long, greasy, slicked-back hair and, like, the 5 o'clock shadow and just kind of, like, like just like a grim-ish personality, I'd say, you know? Kind of like a character that Richard Brake would 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 do well in right couldn't you see richard brake playing him that's like a similar character i could definitely see richard brake um playing him yeah i kept on kind of getting that you know um with with watching it i was like yeah richard brake could play that part better for sure richard brake's the man 
Whoa, 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 man. I ain't going to take no Gregory Scott Cummins slander on this show. All right? <laughs> all right. Yeah, you were nice about Paulie, so I'll, I'll be nice about Gregory Scott. Uh, I, you know what? Also, dude, that chase um, with the, the the reporter photographer, and then he like he chases him in, into an elevator and then jumps on the elevator, and it's just like fucking. He's just not trying to be low key at all. No, no, not at all, dude. He like runs into a woman who's like pushing a carriage and knocks a carriage over, and then he just like continues fucking chasing them. Um, yeah, so the reporter hops in the, the, the elevator and then the guy's like, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I got him. He's like, I'm gone. And all of a sudden, like over the, over the side, he's like, you see him. He's like hanging over and he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But then he gets out of the elevator and then the, the chase fucking ends up happening again. Uh, the chase ensues again. And then somehow they end up in, in, in the fucking cars and then Gregory Scott's car, dude, like they're fucking whipping through the, the 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 parking garage and stuff and he like the tail the the rear end fucking kicks out and he fucking hits somebody in the in the parking lot did you end up seeing that too like this guy can't drive for shit well i think he was still working on his uh driving skills for action usa yeah yeah cuz i feel like i think this came before action usa so it's like all right he's getting there and then in action usa he's perfected it that scene was cool though that was that was a cool chase scene I dug it. But we also get this cool fight scene between Eric and Gregory Scott Cummins' character. And they fucking... Dude, Eric, brother, is throwing roundhouse kicks. Yo, he would be a menace in the pit. Straight crowd <laughs> killer. Menace. Straight menace. And then I like Gregory Scott Cummins' death because he gets like the trash compactor door down on his head and just like beheads him. That's the point where we found out that Eric now has like this superhuman strength because he was on the receiving end of that for a minute. And then he, as, as the compactor is coming down to decapitate him, he fucking just grabs that shit, dude. And he starts pushing it up, man. And then all of a sudden he fucking reverses his position with Gregory Scott, Gregory Scott. He can't hold that shit up. And the thing just ends up decapitating him. But yeah, that's when we find out that, Eric has some kind of superhuman strength that he developed in a year as well. And then it's it's he does all this for almost not I wouldn't say nothing but kind of nothing because, you know, Melody's like, "Look, Eric, I loved you, but this can't really be no more cuz she just happens to fall in love with this reporter photography dude that she just met 3 days ago." And she's like, "Well, fuck your fuck your feelings." He was like the same person, really. He just looked different, and he had like this vendetta against the people that wronged him, whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, she falls in love with the other guy. It just kind of seemed like she didn't want to be with him now because he was scarred. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up, man. I f- kind of felt bad for Eric because he just went through all this trouble to save her, get her these gifts, and make his little fucking love music video dedication, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> And, uh, you know, yeah, he loved her. And then she's telling everybody how much she loved him. And then she finds out that he's been alive after all this time and suddenly doesn't love him anymore. She's in love with somebody else. And that's that's where he turns into the villain, which I get it. And he's like, fuck this place. I'm going to blow up the whole mall. Yeah, yeah. He's going to blow up the whole fucking mall. That's the point in Phantom of that's the turning point in Phantom of the Opera when 
you know, the Phantom realizes that he'll never be able to get the girl. So, while there is a lack of suspense, as you mentioned, there is a bit of swerve in this. The mayor, right? She's, I guess, it's like campaign season or election season. So, she's got like a lot invested in this mall, too. I'm a major stockholder. Yeah, major stockholder, a lot invested. And, you know, it's it's the grand opening week, so a lot is invested. And Melody tries to bring the attentions of all this shit going on. And the mayor, she just pulls out a fucking gun on Melody and the reporter boyfriend. And she's like, no, I've got too much invested in this shit. And I, di- I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, I didn't either, man. I mean, I just thought that, um, I forgot his name. But I don't want to keep just calling him the Dosa Keys guy. I just call him the mall GM. The mall GM, yeah. I mean, I just thought that he was the player in this, man, that he was the one that set it all up. But it was kind of a cool swerve that Morgan Fairchild was also a part of it. Um, It just sucks that Melody thought that she could trust her. (laughs) But that kill was pretty dope. That kill was dope. Yes, I was just going to say, she does get a great death. I mean, Eric sends her through the fucking window and she gets impaled by an ice sculpture. That scene alone is worth checking this movie out. Yeah. I mean, dude, don't fail to mention, like, he picks her up over his fucking head with his superhuman strength that he has, chucks her out of the fucking window. Like, there's a whole event that's going on at the mall. Like I said, dude, like, I think that this is, like, the actual grand opening of the mall. You know, everybody's dressed to the nines. And, you know, there's that whole interaction that ends up happening with Melody and her. I think her friend was there as well. And, dude, out of nowhere, Eric's like, nah, man. He's like, fuck you. You're part of <laughs> He's like, you're getting yours now. So, yeah, he fucking picks her up over his head, chucks, chucks her out the fucking window, and she gets a beautiful death, dude, on the ice sculpture. That was like, I love those impalement, um, those impalement kills, dude. That's just like in Black Christmas, the remake, right? Yeah. Yep. And then he uh, he he battles it out with the the mall GM, which I love that he's up on the rafters, a little fucking sting like WCW, another tie in. So not only does he he sounds like the shock master, but he's up in the rafters like sting and uh, he he battles it out with the GM. What mall department store just has fucking flamethrowers lying around? Yeah, and like propane, just like propane tanks inside as well, like that. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Yeah, and then just torches the 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 mall GM, which that was like the best revenge is like, you know, setting fire to him for, you know, the whole Eric and his family dying from the fire and shit. So Eric blows up the mall with the time bomb after the final confrontation with the with the mall GM. And Paulie Shore saves the day. Melody's other friend and the Yeah, they're like, hop on this fucking what, motorcycle with the attachment fucking Yeah, motorcycle with the sidecar. Yeah. So they all get out in time. I don't know where the fuck they got it from. Oh, it was in the mall showroom, you know? Eric, man, when he fucking set the timer on that on that bomb though, bro, he gave him like half an hour. That's like so long. Like a lot like you could do a lot in half an hour, man. They should have made like they should have made that time a little bit more impossible to make. Like five minutes. Five minutes, right? Well, if he did that, he wouldn't be able to kill the mayor, Karen, and 
he wouldn't have been able to have his confrontation with the mall GM. So he had to give himself some time so that way he could, you know, tie everything up and then set everything ablaze. And what's so fucked up is like he does all this, blows the place up and everyone gets out and they're all just like they're not even sad. They're like, oh, we got out and then Melody and fucking photographer reporter boyfriend are just like, ah, oh, sucks for Eric, but I made out good. I was like, that's pretty fucked up. We knew where her heart lied, though, so she don't fucking care. She's like, oh, this, she, you just made this even easier for me. You made my decision even easier now. Yeah, pretty fucked up, man. Poor Eric. This fucking guy, dude, like spent the whole last year of his life, you know, or of his death, whatever you want to call it, plotting the perfect comeback, man. And, you know, he, he he did do a pretty fucking good job of it. But, you know, his whole intention on the end was to get the girl. You know, she just, I don't know, I guess had in a year had enough time to process. And then, you know, within the last like three days of all that and meeting, meeting the reporter, um, and just solidified how she how she really felt. I, I don't know, man. I, I didn't really like her character too much. I thought she kind of sucked. Yeah, she was a scumbag. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it for uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. What do you say? You ready to rate this thing? Yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to rate this thing, man. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? I want you to go first. All right, man. Um, so, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, dude, I rate this a 5 out of 10, dude. Right down the middle. Okay. Right down the middle, man. I was going to do a 5.5. 5. I kind of like... I was kind of like back and forth and it was going to be a 5.5 only because Paulie Shore was in it. (laughs) But then I was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to go with my original. It's a five out of 10. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. We'll definitely be watching it again. Thought it was a fun one. Um, Like, like we, we, we can't say enough, dude, like the mall setting for, for a movie, just anytime is really good, dude. Like fast times, Ridgemont high, uh, chopping mall, night of the comet. Funny thing about all of this as well is they're all the same mall. This mall is Sherman Oaks Mall. That's what they use as the as the um, interiors, man. That mall is like notorious for just kind of allowing film studios to do whatever the fuck they want, clearly, inside of them. So they used it quite a bit. So that was like Hollywood's favorite mall in the 80s, man, to film. So I thought it was pretty awesome, dude. Um, Eric looked cool. Uh, I liked his character a lot. Um, I thought the... I mean, the cast overall for this movie was fucking great. Like, it was a really good cast. Even though the characters might not have been so good, these people later on went on to, to do some pretty awesome shit in, in, in their career. Most of all, Pauly Shore. You just had to get that in there. This is a Pauly Shore episode, bro. I wish I had the tapes of the Crypt, like, son-in-law shirt to wear. Yeah. But, yeah, man, 5 out of 10. I really I really enjoyed it, man. So what do you what do you give it, brother? All right. I'm coming in with a 6.5 out of 10 just to kind of mirror what you said. Uh, great cast. The mall setting. Always a good time. Um, it's cool that it, this mall was used in, like, other uh, 80s horror films. And, uh, you know, us being kids that grew up next to the Palisades, the Anuet Mall... Like, you can't help but love that mall setting. Um, I thought Eric was fucking awesome. I liked the look. I loved the martial arts aspect of it. Um, I thought the kills were fun. But, but uh, you know, 
it was pretty anticlimactic, and the characters did kind of, were kind of lame. Minus Gregory Scott Cummins' character and Eric. Um, but this was a fun one, man. Like, like we mentioned before, it was a first-time watch. I'm happy I broke the seal on my Arrow LE release. And I definitely will be visiting this one in the future. Revisiting this one in the future, I should say. The thing, though, that I want to just kind of, like, go back to a little bit, because I think that we kind of glossed over, man, was just the malls, man. Like, I miss it. I miss, like, I mean, I still have the Palisades. You still have the Galleria. It's just not the same, man. It's just not the same. Like, a Friday night at the mall anymore, bro, it's just, it doesn't, when we were kids, it used to hit so much different. Yeah, man, it, it isn't the same. A lot of, like, the stores that we loved growing up have, have closed down. I know at the Middletown Mall, there is no more FYE. And the Kingston Mall is, isn't is a mall, dude. It's a museum. It's the fucking most depressing thing in the world. So I'm happy that we got to live the heydays of the mall growing up in the 90s. But um, I do miss how much of a bigger spectacle and a thing to do. Uh, especially on the weekends, like, you know, when you get together with friends and be like, oh, we're going to go meet up at the mall. However, I got to give credit to good brother Joe because he's always trying to get people to, like, go with him to the mall to hit up round one, which is like a bowling alley arcade. And he's always stopping at Zoomies for, like, skate parts or, like, snowboarding gear and shit. So, like, when he throws out that invite, I'm I'm inclined to go because I just missed that feeling and I'm also down for pretzels and cheese. I love me some good mall snacks and hitting up the Mr. Smoothie for a mango smoothie or a peach smoothie, I mean. Yeah, so. What do you think is going to be the future of malls, though, dude? Do you think that they're going to go away? You know, like, because online shopping's huge. Uh, I mean, what do you think? What's your take on it? I think it, it is going to become phased out and turn into plazas. Just like what they did with the Nanuet Mall. Give it like another 20 years and malls will be more or less of a thing, unfortunately. You're kind of lucky though, man, because you have, um, what's that one store up by you? The one that you always go to with all the pinball machines and shit. Rock Fantasy? Yeah, you're lucky because you have Rock Fantasy and that's like still pretty close to being, I don't know, it's just like untouched, like. You could still find cool stuff there, right? Yeah, well, Steve's been holding it down since 85, man, you know? And uh, to to go back to, like, mall memories of, you know, Suncoast, I had gotten so many Godzilla films or tapes, um, fucking Goosebumps tapes from there, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tapes, KB Toys. I used to get all my wrestling figures, all my Godzilla figures, all my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures, the KB Toys exclusives, and, you know, they'd always have really good sales on action figures. I, I fucking miss that all so much. Those were such good memories and great times. Yeah, and you'll never get it again. You'll never get it again, dude. Like, they just, like, at the Palisades now, they opened up, a like, a retro store. Like, they do, like, every fucking three to six months. But this place is pretty cool. Like, they have some McFarlane toys. They have, like, video games. Um... They have, like, a bunch of sideshow collectibles and stuff, but that's, like, what you're going to end up getting, you know? Like, Spencer's used to have, like, Don Post Studios masks and costumes and things like that, but, like, now you'll go and it'll just be, like, trick-or-treat studios because they're, like, the only, like, mask-making company, like, at all anymore. Um, I don't know, man. It's just so crazy how much times have changed. 
it, it it's sad though and dude the palisades malls and like millions of dollars in debt and it's like facing foreclosure oh that sucks i didn't know that yeah yeah it was crazy dude like like since we're do we're on this topic of malls for this episode like how much mall stuff has been kind of coming to the surface on like my feeds and shit the algorithm's always listening but yeah, dude, it's like in millions of dollars in fucking debt and is looking at foreclosure. I doubt it'll happen, but it's crazy. Yeah, that that would suck to see that one go because that is a historic mall. and It's a great mall, though, dude. It's a great fucking mall. Like, I've, for my job, man, like, I, there, was a, there was a period where, like, I had to visit a couple different malls because we were, like, building shit within, like, six or seven different malls, like, in New York. Um, and the one thing, it was just like, everything, everything's like going more towards a high end feel now for malls. Like one mall I went to do, like they had like Versace stores or Louis Vuitton stores. And it's just like, like, that's fucking crazy, dude. And it's like, they have like two restaurants in the food court, go to the Palisades mall, bro. You got a Burger King, you got a Wendy's, you got a Sparrow, you got a Nathan's, you got a Charlie's. That's just a food court, man. KFC, and not to mention all the fucking restaurants you have. It still has quite a bit of good stores. It's got a lot of shit that you can do for activities. You don't get that in a lot of these other malls that I've personally had fucking been to. Um, so it would be really upsetting if that happened with the Palisades. Because that's the best mall. Yeah, we don't got any of that. Like, you know, again, the Kingston Mall, it, it's not a mall. It's a museum. It's the most depressing thing you've ever seen. And uh, thankfully, you know, the the gallery in Middletown is still kicking and trying. And, uh, you know, round one has brought it quite some business and some other like stores that they have in there. But I think in 20 years, it'll unfortunately be a bygone era and we can hope that at least some of them survive. But um, Nick, I think it's time we, we wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you got a you got a hot take? I do have a hot take. Uh my coworker, we were on the subject of of drive-throughs and she said that she prefers the soggy floppy fries from McDonald's and not the nice crispy ones. And that is the biggest hot take I've heard in a minute. That is so funny that you like are on the topic of french fries because Kim and I the other day had this conversation. I told her that I think Burger King has the best French fries out of all the fast food chains. I will say McDonald's is still goaded for the best French fries, but I prefer the King over like, you know, I prefer a Whopper over a Big Mac any fucking day. I don't fuck with Big Macs because I don't like mayo and the Big Mac sauce has mayo in it. But um, everything else regarding Burger King, like I, I prefer but the fries, the McDonald's, them golden arches, they're just fucking, they're special, man. <laughs> them golden arches. They're special. Yeah, but that was uh, my hot take for the for this episode, uh, thanks to my coworker and her nasty choice of fries. Yeah, no thank you. Don't agree. Don't agree with your hot take. I don't either. <laughs> but yeah, man, so, I mean, overall, dude, I think uh, this has been a fun one. Um, I think it is time to take us out, though. What do you say? Yeah, I think this uh, puts a wrap-up on Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. It was a fun one. I'm happy I finally got around to watching it. Uh, it was fun to talk about. Eric's cool. I fuck with Eric. Um, and we, we love malls. 
Yeah, we love Malls. We love Pauly Shore. We love Eric. Eric got the shit end of the stick, unfortunately. Hold on, hold on. You, you, you love Pauly Shore. Dude, you love Pauly Shore. I'm like, he's all right. He's all right. But you, you love Pauly Shore. This is a Pauly Shore tribute. It's the weasel, man. This is a tribute, a tribute to Pauly Shore. I love you, Pauly. All right, Nick, with that being said, I think it's time we uh, put a wrap up on episode 12 here. Uh, if you like what you've been watching and or listening to, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. It helps the show grow, gets uh, more eyes on us. Uh, we appreciate all the support that we've gotten so far. And a shout-out to our good brothers in Bad Taste Video for giving us a shout-out on their Twitch live stream the last episode that they did. Always, Always, man. you're repping the shirt. I'm repping my brothers of Serving a Sorrow. I love my Bad Taste shirt. We really appreciate the support uh, that's been given to us. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be back with more episodes. We have some good movies lined up. So uh, stay tuned for that. I guess until next time, right? Until next time. Out. Peace. Peace.